Welcome to Worship at Grace Lakin. This service was recorded on January 8th, 2023. Pastor M. Dias welcomes the new year with a gospel message from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, titled, A New Year Prayer. Oh 
everyone here today, God. Um, I just um, I want to focus the, the glory and the honor on you. Um, this next song we're about to sing, Jesus, is just such an anthem of worship and praise and honor to you, our King. Uh, we fall short, Jesus, every single day. And for that, I'm sorry. We confess that we fall short every day. That's why we need you. We need you, Lord. Um, help us. Give us the strength and the discipline to pursue you like you pursue us, even when we don't deserve it. Um, God, like I said, this next song, it's so, it's so powerful for me to sing because it's just, um, it's upward and outward praise to you who deserves all of our praise and glory as be with us through this congregation. Encourage their hearts uh, with your Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So this next song is special to us. Um, it's called Crown Him. And um, it's, a, it's kind of a Christmas song. That's how they introduce it as a Christmas song. But I think it's an all-year song. Because um, he came to earth, and that was it. Like, that happened. We celebrate at Christmas, but he's our king always. Um, but most importantly, it talks about um, we crown him with worship. Glory in the highest, glory in the highest. Hosanna, he saves us. Glory in the highest. So as we approach Easter, next super fun holiday for us as Christians, uh, we get to just praise him with Hosanna. So um, try to focus on these lyrics and just glorify him with your with your words and your voice. So.
Well, if you have your bulletin, you worship God, flip it open. Uh, we're going to be reading two passages for the renewal, Isaiah and Psalms. And let's just read these this morning, Isaiah 55, verse 3, and verse 6 through 7. It says this, Thus says the Lord, Incline your ear and come to me. Hear, that your soul may live. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return. I love this phrase. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And in Psalm 139, 23 through 24, search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I, now I think about it, this is in a moment, I'm like, man, I should have switched both of these. I should have read the song on the first of the table. Because I love it. It says, search me, know me. Know me, know me, Lord, and then I because then and then knowing that, knowing that we can tell the God Almighty, search me, know me, and then we can do this, return to the Lord. And what does he do? He has compassion. He abundantly pardons. But you've got to allow him to search you. You have to return. And so what, what do we do this for? Why do we do this every week? Because we're in desperate need of continual reliance upon His grace, upon His mercy. What we preach here at Grace is that uh, we're big sinners with a big God who has big grace. And so let us fall upon it this morning in the time of silent prayer and confession. this morning with worship not our name, not our fame not our life Lord, or don't let us crown we want to crown so many other things in our life but Lord, have mercy upon us, help us to take our crowns and say here they are, we're, we're, we're crowning you it's about you we're returning again as a people, as a community to you. Lord, we don't want to play games here. We don't want to just have a nice little cute little service that we want to put. No, God, help us to be in awe. Help us to be in reverence. Help us to know you, almighty God. And Lord, I do pray that you would help this church to be healthy, to grow, and to make your name known, not so that we can have 
this church may, yeah, it's about our name, but so that your name would be known in Lincoln and around the nations. Lord, I do pray for the back of our bulletin for this unreached people group. Lord Jesus, I am praying that there would be a there would be a Bible translated uh, in, for, for this, this people group. Raise someone up today that has a passion. Lord, I pray you would call missionaries even out of this group, even out of our church. That, and, and I pray that, Father, um, again, that we would just be in awe of you today. More than we did yesterday, and we'd just be growing. We'd be growing. We'd be growing. As we're dependent upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, our assurance of pardon comes from Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9, 13 through 14 says this For if the blood of goats and bulls, pay attention, kids. <laughs> Wait, where are we going? For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of the vile persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctified for the purification of the flesh. Talking about this Old Testament, talking about all the bloodiness that's happening in the Old Testament. If those things were happening in the Old Testament, they were, they were being able to be sanctified for purification. Look at this next phrase. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, to what? Purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing.
if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We've got now. I've got another one uh, kind of a standoff message here before we jump into next week. We're going to jump into the book of Ruth. Uh, the book of Ruth, which I'm excited to go through that book. Oh, it is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, but before we do that, I really just, I felt this text heavy. I felt this text heavy on my heart because what the Paul... What the Apostle Paul does is he just goes into this elaborate doctrine to this all this amazing theology of who God is, and then he dives into a prayer for this church. And this is really a prayer for you this morning from your pastor. Um, and so for this next year. Uh, and so excited to, to dive in into it. Um, and again, uh, as you exit, there is the New City Catechism. Um, grab, a, grab a book, one for everyone. Uh, and there's something inside that book as you exit um, that we'll, we'll be starting again next week as well, church-wide. So with that, let's turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to look at 15, verses 15 through 23. Everybody doing okay? Oh, good. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's, it's on the screen if, if you want to follow along. And let's dive in. Verse 15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I'm going to get fired up this morning. I'm just going to warn everybody. Verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his, of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated at him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. He put all things under his feet and gave them as head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all and in all. Man, how I many how, goodness how do you preach that? Oh that's good. I might be the only one. That is good, good prayer. That's a good prayer. All right? And so I'm titling this message again, a new year prayer. A new year prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to pray this for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm really going to try to pray this for you. Because the pastor said so. And more important than the Bible. All right. Father, I thank you for this passage. And I thank you for what's here. Don't let me say anything, anything at all, anything at all that would be out of my flesh. Lord, you know, I'm 
weak, I'm broken, I have no right to be up here, Lord. And you use, you use your word by the power of your spirit. Use it that we would know you. That in this moment, even now, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. That the eyes of our hearts would be open. Do the miracle of allowing us to see what's here. And not just see it, but really see it. And worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I am going to warn you, I might take a, a little bit of drink throughout here. There was a wrestling tournament yesterday. That's all needs to be said. And uh, I also got a little head cold. So hope, pray that we make through. Uh, uh, I was reading a, I was reading a story this week of a pastor who was doing uh, some training for a church leader. Uh, that was a, he was... This church leader was again. He was he was doing this training for a missionary that was he was a missionary in a very intense unreached people group that would endure a lot of persecution. And this church leader, this missionary, this pastor was talking to this United States pastor about how they would conduct their services. And he said, "This is what we would do. This is what we do every week." He said. This missionary said, we, we ran this bus, we got this bus, and, and we, we drive it out into this, this middle kind of nowhere highway. And then we get two patrol men, watchmen, to go down either ends of the highway to kind of kind of patrol the highway and, and to make sure you know they can warn us if something is going on. And then we conduct our services on the bus. And the pastor's just like, wow, are you, are you kidding me? And, you know, he started, he started going through in his mind. He's like, I know why the, the pastor's doing this. I know why the missionary is doing this. I mean, he's called, right? He's called, and I mean, he's got, he has to be paid. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's doing this because he, he felt the call to do this. But why, why is everyone else? Wake up in the morning trying to get on a bus and go for it just to, to gather as a, a body of believers. He's like, why? What, what? It's not political things that are sustaining them. It's not. It, 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 what, what sustains? What sustains? What is the deep motivation of people to do that? That wouldn't sustain a church to continue to meet together, regardless of all the pressures of things on the outside. How are they going to make it? They're meeting in the past. Or flip it on the other end. This might make a hard right turn, but did you know, just a little encouragement for everybody, 80% of church plants fail? Welcome. Seriously, and it's only rising. And, I mean, church plants are hard. And why are they hard? It's because the devil don't like it. The devil doesn't like the fact that we're trying to push back the kingdom of God. We're trying to bring the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But 
But the question for us this new year, what, and again, the time, you know, we're a little bit different than a persecuted church over there, but what is going to sustain the church? What sustains the church throughout the centuries? What's going to keep it moving? What's going to keep, what, what, is, what is something that we need to pray this year that, that my, on big on my heart? And it's what Paul prays. You know what Paul prays? Paul ain't praying for the church for some fancy new little things, gimmicks in the church, or, you know, there's so many things we think we need. And he's saying, the one thing that I want you to know is knowing God. I want you, church, to know who God is. And the one thing that he's saying is going to sustain the church and has sustained the church, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of Christ. It's the power of Christ. It always will sustain. He's always enough. And so I'm, I'm telling you, like, again, I, I felt this so pressed upon my heart, this prayer. And my goal, and I'm not saying this to, hey, congratulate. My prayer, my, my goal this year is to pray this prayer over every single one of you weekly, if not daily, by name. This prayer. And my goal, and I, I pray that you would take this prayer to heart, ladies and gentlemen. What would it look like if our church said, for the next year, we're going to memorize this passage, and I'm going to pray this over my brothers and sisters in the church. That we know God. Let's unpack it. Some of you might still not be in place. Oh, no, God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why I'm here. But hold on. Let's, let's really understand what he's meaning. All right? So the first thing I want to show you is we need, we need to pray to see. We need to pray to see more of him. So this is verses 15 and 18. So Paul starts really interesting. He says, for this reason... And man, I tell you what, I was uh, in my commentary notes, and this is just, you can put for this reason, and you can put an arrow backwards, and I actually think you can do this. Some, John Michael disagrees with me, but you can go forward. Uh, but, and this means this, for this reason means, if you read chapter 1 of Ephesians, oh my goodness, the whole bit, it is like theology bomb after theology bomb, and he's saying, Paul is saying, for this reason, the reason that God is sovereign over salvation, he is the one doing the work in redemption, all of these big, amazing theological whoo, things, he's saying, now let me pray that you get this into your heart. Say, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus and of your love toward all the saints. That's, by the way, saints means any believer being sanctified by Jesus. You were saint. Woo. Turn your neighbor and say, you're a saint. If you're in Christ, you're a saint. You are a saint. And, and so that's what he's saying. Then he says this. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now, Paul just said, I have seen your faith. Faith in what, though? 
He's praising them for not just faith and some faith outside here, but faith in what? Faith in Jesus. I've seen your faith in Jesus. And not just faith, but he's seen what? He's seen their love. He's remembering it in your prayers because he said, I've seen your faith, I've seen your love. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, faith and love are landmarks. They are landmarks to biblical Christianity. You don't have one without the other. Faith without works is dead. I mean, faith and love, they grow together. That's what he's saying. But this is what's really interesting. I found here. He's saying faith and love that motivates me to pray, remembering you, but but is it a perfect faith and love? Are these Ephesians just like rolling me like, hey, faith and love, we're perfect? No. And why I can say that is because the whole rest of the book, uh, he says in the last at the last half of the book, he's praying for their instruction, he's praying for their their edification more and more in Jesus. But I love what Paul's doing here, folks. And we got to glean. We got to glean from him. We got to learn from him. He's seen the good already in them. He's seen the faith and the love, the, the work of God in them and the fruit of what's already in them. And he's wanting to douse it with more water. He's wanting to say, wow, I've already seen what's going on. And why I say that is because we are a whole lot more critical in the church sometimes that we are joyous and breathing all over people love and encouragement. Like if you're a father, if you're a mom, dad, coach, whatever, how, how are we doing? How are you doing at catching people, even in the church, seeing what God's doing in their life? And then like, wow, the good, that's, the good that is in their life and you just dousing it. You just water it. My kids respond way better to corrective, loving criticism than they do, you know, me coming down, down, down. Now, there's times that that needs to happen. But he's saying, I've seen your faith and love. It's not perfect. Let me douse some encouragement by praying for you. And he says that, I love it. Remember you always in my prayers. Look at me, this sounds elementary, but are you doing it? Praying for a brother and sister in Christ, in the church, looking him in the eyes and saying, I'm praying for you, and then you pray for him, and then you go up to him and say, I'm praying for you, how's it going? Builds the church, period. It builds the church, period. And that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And of all the things he could be praying, what is he praying? And let's look at it. Verse 17 is what he prays, and he's a flesh out of one. First, he says this that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Out of all the things he could be praying, he's praying this church would know God. They would know him. You and I's greatest need, you and I's greatest need, ladies and gentlemen, is not that we would have bigger savings accounts, that we would be healthy, 
That, that our kids would be just well-dressed, combed over, and looking great, and beautiful little, little agents of grace in, in, in the world. Our greatest thing is not manicured lawns. Lord, have mercy. Our greatest need is not to be liked and to be your and I's greatest need in the world, period, is knowing more of God. It's knowing Him. It's to know Him. To really know Him as this perfect judge yet redeemer friend. And because this word, you might think, no, okay, no. But that, that, the knowledge of him, that's the word gnosko. It's a fun word to say, say gnosko, gnosko. There you go, you know. That gnosko is not uh, no as in like, I know, because I've been told this, that there are more cows per square mile than there are people in Western Kansas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, that, that's a no. Like, I know that. Or the square root. Oh, gosh. I better, okay, yeah, the square root is 256. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, let's thank the Lord for notes. The square root of 256 is 16. That's one type of no. That's not the no. That's not Gnosko. That's not good. Gnosko is like, I, that donut, I know it. It's got, I know it's got some frosting on it. I know that, and I know it, you know, it's where it's made and how it's made. Gnosko is taking a bite of that donut. And, oh, now I know that donut from Casey's. Thank the Lord for donuts from Casey's. Thank you so much. Bless. I mean, that's a different type of no. When you put it in your mouth, you know it and experience it. Listen, that is what he is talking about here. See, the devil, did you know this? The devil knows about God. The devil knows a whole lot more about God than any, probably anybody in this building. But the devil can't preach. The devil cannot worship because he doesn't know. He doesn't really, really know him. He knows about him. And so my question is, for us, is do you want to know him more? And I pray that if you do, look, do what Paul does. I mean, really, this sermon is just one big run-on application of praying this prayer. Because this is what he says, that we grow in knowledge of that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is that? That sounds like something from Star Wars or something. I don't know. Two phrases really meaning the same thing. The spirit of wisdom is not uh, you, just your, just you, your wisdom, outside of God's divine Holy Spirit moving to give you that wisdom. And the wisdom of what? And of revelation. The spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Now what's he talking about there? It's just like you have some, the spirit would help you to fill it with wisdom that you would know some type of new revelation and become some cult leader? No. But the revelation that is here already in the word, that you grow in the spirit of wisdom of revelation, the word of God, and then he just adds to the same thing when he says, having the eyes of your hearts 
enlightened, that you may know him. That you may know. And then he's going to go into what is and what is. Um, here's my son. So did you know, listen, listen, your eyes, I, I thought about this phrase for a second, your heart, your heart has eyes. Have you ever thought about that? Your heart has eyes. It's kind of a weird phrase. I mean, look at the Bible. Your heart has eyes. What does that mean? Your heart has eyes. Because it, it, it can't mean physical eyes because, ladies and gentlemen, Judas saw Jesus with his eyes of his head, but he didn't know him. Pilate saw Jesus with his eyes, but he didn't know him. See, listen, we don't, we don't pick this book up. We don't come in here, we don't pick this book up and instantly, I think, time to see because why? What's lodged into our hearts? What is lodged into our hearts? And maybe it's just me, but there's anxiousness and stress and busyness and worry and sinfulness is just lodged up in here. It's just lodged in there. And, and this is what Paul is praying. He's like, he knows that. He knows that's our condition. And if we don't pray, Lord, let me see. Get the, Lord, help me, help me, help me. Let me see. And you know why this was so encouraging to me? Do you know why this, just, this is just so encouraging to me? It's because this. Who is he actually really praying for? Are these believers or unbelievers? These are believers. We need God to help us see him. You know, I... I couldn't think then of anything greater to pray than. Because over my family, church, and over myself every single day. Because for God, we're not seeing, we're not savoring, we're not tasting the glory of God. Like, I, I'm a big Believer, and I mean, we're reformed here, and it's great. I'm, I'm a big believer in inter internal security, the perseverance of the saints. Amen. I put my faith in Jesus, and amen. I'm making like I'm all for that. But the only way I'm getting there, and the only way you're getting there, is God sustaining you. The only way you're making it and you're going to keep a Christian is that God keeps giving you the spirit of wisdom of revelation that your eyes would be open and behold him and taste Jesus and savor him and say, you know what? Hobbies doesn't matter. You know what? Bank doesn't matter. Jesus be glorified in my life. I want that. I need your pastor needs that. Why? Because we wake up, hearts are getting lodged with all this stuff. Lord, give us eyes to see. Every single day increasing. 
I love what Calvin says here. He says, nothing is more dangerous. Nothing is more dangerous than to be satisfied with the measures of spiritual benefits that has been already attained. Whatever then may be the height of our attainments, let them always, always, let them be always accompanied by the desire of something higher. What he just said is, if you think you've attained knowing God enough, he's like, and you've gotten comfortable at the level of how much you know God, that is a dangerous game. You know, I've been a Christian a long time. How much more can I know, really? Like the book of Ruth, oh my gosh, we're going to the book of Ruth. I've read Ruth like 15 times. You don't get it. We don't ever, we don't ever mind the depths of who God is, ladies and gentlemen. You can spend the whole, I mean, we, you can't out-exhaust him. We cannot out-exhaust him of knowing him. And that's why I'm praying that we know him more and more and more. And that comes from the Spirit. And that comes from you pleading with him in prayer. Lord, help me see. How much are we praying for security? How much are we praying for kids? And how much are we praying, Lord, let me know you? I'm not. And that's why I felt, Lord, we need this more and more. And then he goes into, we'll go through these quickly, but he goes into exactly what, what spiritual blessings come from me actually knowing God. And he hits three major ones, and oh man, we're going to have, these are great. Verse 18, he says that you may know what, and circle that word what, you can see this what, because he's going to say all of these things that we would actually see in this prayer of knowing God, start with what? And the first one is, what is the hope to which he has called you. So the first thing we see when we pray that we know him and that he's specifically praying that our benefits of that is that you would pray to see the hope. That you would see hope. The hope to what? Which he has called you. God has called you. In Christ he's saying God has called you to himself and because he's done that you have great hope. Hope. And hope here is not the word like he used hope. Like, oh man, I, I sure hope K-State wins. Might have been too soon on that one, but Lord have mercy next year. Lord have, you know, we, or I hope the pie doesn't burn. I, I don't bake pies, but whatever. No, that's a hope of uncertainty. He's saying, no, this hope is certain. And what is the hope of that is certain? That uh, you put faith in Jesus, he's called you, it is certain he is saving you. And that he, that by the way, the hope of eternity, of what you have, you have all the reason. Oh, believers in Jesus should be the most joyful, unshakable people on the planet Earth because we have a hope that is certain and it's defined in a person and a God and his name is Jesus. I was listening to a pastor. I mean, hope kills every single bit of temptation, every bit of suffering. Um, and, and he was talking about, he had a pastor who had uh, a, friend, uh, a young kid who was very, very, very sick. Very sick. And the doctors um, he just told him, this young, this young kid that hey, you probably don't have much. You probably don't have much longer. This kid's young twenties, and the pastor's going to visit him. 
And, you know, Chuck, he can't even speak. He has to write. And he he starts writing to this pastor. He's like, I just, I'm getting irritated by all these people come visit me and say, oh, you were so young. Oh, no. You had your whole life ahead of you and you're dying. And he's like, I'm just getting so tired of that. It's like, I can just smell you. You know what I'm getting tired of that? This, this person, dying, 20s, says, you know what? You know what, Pastor? It's like, and he holds up a thimble. He's like, this thimble's like, my life, it's like tossed into the sea, I mean, into the ocean of, of eternity. He's like, I know where, I, I mean, I've got an anchor. I know what is all of eternity, this life, no, that structure, in the light of eternity, in the light of the hope that I have in certain, it doesn't matter. And he's saying, that is biblical hope. And ladies and gentlemen, I pray that we would see, that's what he's praying, Lord, help me see you, and one avenue of seeing him is seeing the hope to which you and I are called. And then he says, what are the riches? See, again, get the what again. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Now what? Whose inheritance? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Is this our inheritance or is this God's inheritance? It's God's. And what is God's inheritance? According to the text, it says, his, his glorious inheritance in what? The saints. He's saying this. Pray that you would see that as a believer, you rooted in Christ, you are God's inheritance. I started thinking about that. I was like, that sounds like borderline. Can I say that? That's what the scriptures say. So you think, what can I get God? Of you. And you, and you think about it, it's like, oh, well, God doesn't need anything. Yeah, absolutely, he doesn't need you. Like, how many parents know that? Like, oh, you want to help buy those groceries? Uh, sure. No, okay, come on. I don't need them, but I want Ah, He's saying, you are God's glorious inheritance and he's praying that you would see that. You is praying that you would see that amazing love that God is saying, I can't wait. To, you're my inheritance. You're in my inheritance. I was blood fought by Christ and I love what D.A. Carson says here. He says, if we maintain this vision before our eyes of who we are, which is nothing less than God's inheritance, we will be concerned to live in line with this unimaginable high calling. He said, we don't walk around and say, hey, 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 did you know I'm God's inheritance? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm God's inheritance. Let's party. That's what we have to want. I'm God's inheritance. No. Hey, that's not, that's not, that's, you don't get it. No. You're like, me right now, in Christ. And I was looking at you, he's like, oh, you, you got good church, my inheritance. 
What great love to think the God of the universe doesn't need us because of his inheritance. That you would have eyes to see that. And that love, that amazing love would drive you to say, you know what? <laughs> what else could matter? The God who spoke stars says, Tons me his inheritance. And then finally, he ends with the third thing he prays. And oh, he brings emphasis to this third thing when he says, and I want to just read it again. He says, and what? Notice that and what again. You got to see that. And what? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? Everyone say power. 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 There you go. Power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in us when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave them as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. Could be five sermons here. Not going to. But He's saying that you would know, pray that you see the hope, your inheritance, and you know him, and that you would know the power of God. And hold it. He says that you know the measurable greatness of his power, and then he's going to go explain that power. How would you explain the power of God? I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, surely he's got, he's going to, next verse, he's going to talk about how there's that new star. That Hubble telescope found, and I can't even pronounce it, I'm not going to try. Whatever, Eta, Quania, whatever. Big star. Um, and, and this star, this star is five million times brighter than our sun. This is one out there. God's saying, yeah, yeah, that's that. Surely he's going to talk about how God spoke everything in creation. And that's where we're going to end with this power. That's this powerful God. Amen to that. But that's not where he goes. Where does he go to describe the power? The power. He goes to the resurrection of King Jesus. He goes to the resurrection. <laughs> Paul gives the example of the power of Christ. The power of the resurrection, he's saying, is at is available to you. But he's saying, will you pray? Will you pray to see that power? Are you going to pray to see that power that's at work? And I love this, though. You've got to get this. It's power toward us. It is power toward us. He's praying that it is power. It is power toward us. But he doesn't stop there. And and it's power toward us, but it's always power through us. Because that's why he says, who Christ is over, and we are his body. He's talking about the church. He's saying this, the power that flows towards you, amen, that changes you, now is supposed to flow through you and into the church. You stop that power towards you, you get a truncated gospel. That's not gospel. It's always power toward you, in you, and then through you. And the main way he does that, he's saying, I'm putting, it's, it's Christ. He is, he is head over the church, and he is going to fill the church with power. And it comes from Jesus. 
And I, I do want to stop though and say, ladies and gentlemen, the power of Christ has power. It has the power to break any single addiction in Jesus' name. The power of Christ has the power to heal any broken relationship. The power of Christ has power to heal any depression, any anxiety, any stress, any sin. The power of Christ is so powerful because the tomb is empty. Anything, anything is possible. Anything can be healed. Anything can be redeemed. And he's praying, will you, will you know, will you pray to see that power? But then it goes through this. It goes through us. I'm laying and laying here. See that same pastor that I talked about in the beginning? He was walking through a museum. He was walking through a museum where he saw the names of some French Huguenots. And you're like, what are Huguenots? What is that? Well, a French Huguenot was a persecutor. Huguenot were persecuted brothers and sisters who died during the French Reformation. And so he's walking through, the same pastor's walking through this museum, seeing all of these names and descriptions of those who died for their faith and seeing these things. And, and, and he just, all of a sudden, the verse came to his mind, the incomparable great power for us who believe. And he says this, In the time since the Huguenot persecution, kings and kingdoms have come and gone, governments and philosophies have risen and fallen, Dictators and oppressors have ruled and faded, but through it all, the Church of Christ, carrying the message of His eternal love and final rule, has endured. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it, and they shall not. Christ shall have dominion, and He will use His Church to bring His rule to the hearts of His people throughout the world. What more could we pray? What more could we pray as a church going into 2023? Like, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, but Lord, one thing we want to know is you, that we would know you, that you would give us the spirit of revelation that our eyes would see that you are glorious and how glorious you are. And then we would be reminded of the hope we have, the inheritance we have. And then we would take a deep breath and say, you are powerful. And you will always sustain your church. And nothing Nothing is going on. Nothing is going to make it stop. To the glory of his name. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. And I pray that God, you would help it to go from our hearts to our head. And I pray that Jesus, you would help us to, whew, you would just give us eyes. You would just give us eyes to see to see you, to know you, to love you. That would be, that would be our aim this year. That we would taste and see how marvelous and glorious you are. Father, I pray. I pray that we would rest in the fact that you, you sustain your church. You are the head. <laughs> You're the head. Just, and that you will fill. You will fill the church with your power. And I pray we would pray for it. I pray we pray for it. 
We pray and pray and pray. We will know you more. We will know you more. We know you and the hope and the heritage and the power of our church today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, our tithes and offering passage comes from Malachi 3, 10. And this is an interesting one because you can read it really wrong. It says, bring the whole tithe. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. So here's what that just said. It doesn't mean, oh, tithe, so you just get rich. No, it's not, it's not saying that. It's saying, tithe, you can't, it's, it's saying again, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. It said, give to him, give to him. And so if your heart is, uh, if your heart is being stirred to give, uh, there's the black boxes in exit. Uh, you can drop your donation in there, or there's ways to give online. Uh, you can do that as well. So I invite you to stand as we sing our final song, Living Hope.
Amen. Amen? Well, I am. This is, this is what I'm praying. And I'm sending you out that the, that the God of our Lord would give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation that we would know him and we would know his hope, the hope to which we are called, our inheritance, and the great power that's available to us in Christ Jesus and to his glory. Go be blessed. Thank you for joining us at Grace Lakin. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Grace Lakin KS, on YouTube, and at gracelakin.com.